Good morning, Sac City. Welcome into another episode of the Sac City Podcast. I'm your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by a very naked DeAndre Hopkins and my best friend, always. Aaron. <laughs> ah, that's a good one. Uh, my best friend, Aaron, the Mukes, Dia Mukes. And below us, we have your boy, my boy, his boy, everybody's boy, AJ Johnson. It's a beautiful August 15th morning here in the city. Episode 67 is about to kick off. We are diving into the Chiefs and the Chargers and their team previews this episode. We also have morning headlines. We got injury updates. This might be our more most packed injury updates we've had this season. Uh, And I feel like it might progress and get even bigger and bigger as the season progresses, which it just is what it is. It's the business. Episode 67, though, about to kick off. AJ, how goes it today? It's good. Uh, First weekend of football, even though it's preseason, but it's in the books. Uh, It's really great. I I recently been uh, trying out a YouTube TV, no free ads, but was very happy that I could just turn on NFL Network and all day long it's just football playing and it's relevant. You know, I'm not watching games from 1980, which are fun, but like at the same time, it's like football that is happening now. It makes Monday a lot easier to be a part of. So uh, looking forward to week one. I'll watch preseason two and three, but looking forward to week one when it really, really gets hyped. So football's welcome, back. Welcome back football and welcome back to the Sac City podcast on Mondays which this is our first Monday back uh in full swing we are going to be back five times a week this week or five times a week starting now plus uh we'll have our Sunday fantasy football shows at 11 a.m eastern time uh for the regular season it lots of lots lots happening we're getting the ball rolling here we're going to be back like I said Monday through Friday at 10 a.m eastern time right here on our YouTube page if you are not uh subscribed what are you doing? If you are subscribed, thank you, and please share the show and to get other subscribers to join the fun in the city. Let's get into our morning headlines. This might be our lightest morning headlines. I only have one, but there is something that's grinding Aaron's gears, and I want to start off with that. So, Aaron, tell us about what has got you uh, in a little tizzy this morning. Yeah, it's the, uh, you know, yesterday they released the the players' top 100. They do it every year. This, they released 100 through 71, and, and there you see it. You already highlighted it for me like you knew where I was going with it. You know, we, I just want to start down 100. You go down, you get some guys there, Jimmy Ward, Leonard Williams, Kirk Cousins, David Montgomery. And then I started looking at the list, and then I saw number 85, and I just stopped. Nothing else mattered on the list. And everybody knows that I've been the biggest Mac Jones hater uh, of all on this show, but this isn't even about Mac Jones hate anymore. This is just the absurd notion that we are putting a rookie quarterback after one season who didn't, let's be honest, he didn't do anything. He did nothing. He threw for 22 touchdowns. He threw 13 interceptions, 3,800 yards in 17 games, and he has the nerve to be player number 85. What I don't understand this. Kirk Cousins, who's player 98, threw 33 touchdowns, had seven picks, has now gone over 4,000 yards in, I believe it's uh, seven straight seasons, six or seven straight seasons outside of the one year where he didn't play a game because he sat out. And he's 98. What is, 
I don't, what's the criteria? Just somebody explain how the players are doing this. What, what are they looking at? Is this, oh man, he's so cool because he smoked a cigar with maybe like Joe Burrow. He has a, a Tom Brady body. What is the criteria for saying you are a top hundred player when you put up the numbers that Mac Jones did? When there are how many quarterbacks that played better than him, that had better stats than him, that finished even better than him? Like, can we just talk about the other quarterbacks that were in the playoffs that played better? The, the, he got beat 50 to whatever it was in the playoffs or 40-something to whatever in the playoffs. And yet we're putting Mac Jones in the top 100. I am sorry. This has gone too far. This list now means nothing to me. So the criteria of this, according to Wikipedia, uh, <laughs> the, the rankings are based on an off-season poll organized by the NFL where players vote on their peers based on their performance for the recent NFL season. That, yeah. That's that absurd. That's absurd how you have Mac Jones over Kirk Cousins. And I'm only talking about the quarterback because it's the easiest to compare, right? I don't even want to get into some of those other guys on the list that are better than Mac Jones just as a football player. But yeah. we, we can compare quarterbacks. It's easy to do. How do you look at Mac Jones and say that he was better last year than Kirk Cousins? How? Are we now, now is team success a part of the situation? Because Minnesota had one of the worst defenses in the league last year. And and sorry, Kirk Cousins didn't get to play with New England's defense and Bill Belichick, and he's penalized for throwing 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions and 4,000 yards. To me, it's this is asinine. It's a dumb the, – the whole list now is tainted. It's it's really hard for me, and you brought up the, the fact, like, you, like it's easy to compare, like, two quarterbacks, and you're not even getting into, like, the, the position players outside of that. But, like, when you look at this list, like, you, look, you talk about players that are even more impactful to their every team. One every than, one of those players ahead of them. I mean, you look at Kyle Pitts last year in Asia. I don't mean I'm gonna go to your Falcon. Like this man broke rookie tight end records. Like he was that dude as a tight end for the for the uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. David Montgomery was dominant in the rushing game for the Chicago Bears, especially towards the end of the season for them. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of players that are so much more impactful. <laughs> Shit, Justin Tucker. Yeah, J- Justin Tucker would be better. I would have over Mac Jones in the NFL top 100. I didn't, I didn't mean to laugh over your conversation, but I started just looking because I agree with so many people as a football player behind Mac Jones that should be ahead of him. And it just made me chuckle that sitting there at 100 is Kyle Juszczyk. Uh, and I was just like, damn, they got the fullback to make the list. And even me, I would take him over Mac Jones. I was also going to go to Kyle Pitts, C.D. Lamb back there, the disrespect to Vaughn Miller. I mean, I'm sorry, did he not come in and help sincerely help the Rams win a Super Bowl? There's a lot. There's a lot of people. Denzel Ward is young enough. If you want to do like the young comparison and what he does for the Browns, also the way he was chirping at the Bengals recently, also <laughs> made me kind of love that swag about that guy. Uh, yeah, I, I, me, I don't know what it, it has to be. Some intangibles, and I'm not saying he has them, but there has to be something with these players that they know or they see. And I'm not saying they're right that they're just like Matt Jones. Oh, Matt Jones. I, oh, Matt Jones. That kid's I, gonna be good for years. Going to be maybe, but it's. That last four, sentence in Wikipedia is what kills four, it. Four years now, I have always kind of shrugged off the NFL top 100. Like I'll get, like I'll get people asking me, like, oh, like what do you think about the top NFL top 100? And I'm like, it's not my, th- it's like not my place to say who's better than who. If this is a player based system that they have here, this this year is just I want like. I didn't watch the NFL top 100. I didn't see what the, like the, like the, cause they normally have like the tributes or like the, like the players like saying why so-and-so is ranked at where they are, why this dude's here. They will. I didn't, I didn't see that for Mac Jones, 
but I just I can't wrap my head around that. And again, I normally I stay away from this because this is the NFL player. Like, who am I? Who am I to say who is good and who is bad over these NFL players who play this game, who know the game so much more than I do? And but this is just tough. So, just to put some context on kind of what I'm saying, in 2021, the <laughs> the, the list didn't have a quarterback until 83. And guess who that quarterback was? Your boy Vinny, it was Ryan Tannehill, and that was based on like, the twenty twenty. But that was based on the twenty twenty season, right? It was based on the twenty twenty season. Ryan Tannehill that season threw for almost four thousand yards, had thirty three touchdowns and seven interceptions. I don't think Ryan Tannehill's in the top hundred of players in this league, but that season he played like a quarterback in the top one hundred. My problem here is that it's not that I'm against Matt Jones them saying Mac Jones is going to be good. That's fine. People have their opinion. It differs from mine. So be it. But if you're going to tell me the criteria is last season, what are you judging that off of? Cause it's not numbers. If you're judging it off of success, then how come that is not being judged at every position? Why is it just the quarterback position? So I'm interested to see who's in front of him because if it's just the quarterback that has the impact on winning, then you can't tell me that Roquan Smith should be up there because the bears sucked. Right. But he did great. But the Bears suck, so that shouldn't count. Uh, obviously, you have Kirk Cousins back because they didn't win. So what is the impact? Because Cordell Patterson's up there, and he had a great season. But did Atlanta win because of it? No. All those guys ahead of him aren't winning on winning teams. But the fact of the matter is, is they are impactful players, and then you can see the talent. To me, this is about talent and what you bring to the table as a football player. And Matt Jones brought 22 touchdowns and 13 interceptions and barely threw for 3,500 yards in 17 games. And that is a mediocre, at best, quarterback play in this league today. At best. He threw a game. Oh, my God, I'm going to go crazy. He had a game where he threw two passes, okay? Because the coach didn't trust him enough to go win a game. I don't care how windy it was. They didn't trust him. He threw two passes. He threw Tim Tebow stats. Tim Tebow shit. And we're going to say he's in the top 100? Get out of here with that. This list means nothing to me. I, I probably won't even look at the list the rest of the time, except to see what quarterbacks are ahead of him. That's it, and where and where they kind of stack up. But outside of that, this list it it, it lost it. It lost me. At Day this one. point, I just want to look to see how much more absurd it can get. I mean, why not? <laughs> just to find out. I was what actually okay with all the other things so far. Quarterback tends to stand out the most. It's hard to gauge players against each other. I'm okay with the guys they have on this list so far, based on last season. What? Don't would you love, have been just? Would ahead. you have been more okay if 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 uh, Mac Jones slotted in that 99 spot? Over Kirk Cousins, like you basically swap those two. Would you have been more? You'd be more okay with that, right? Not really. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm thinking about all the other quarterbacks in this league, and we can go down from the bottom, from a Russell Wilson to a Matt Stafford to a Dak Prescott to you know all these guys, Mahomes, Josh Allen. Are is are we telling? Are you telling me that there's not like 18 more quarterbacks that we're putting in there? In the in the top, there's right now the only two quarterbacks have been who. Kirk Cousins and Mac Jones. Mac Jones. You tell me there's not 18 more quarterbacks in the top 60 or top 70? I'm assuming I mean, there has to be. There, yeah, I'm about to say. I mean, we might get yeah. rich with quarterbacks after this, though. Yeah, I, mean, I, so, I, I would imagine you're gonna see six, seven, or eight in the next in the next 30 they release. I, I hope so. Because if we start to get to guys, I, I'm sorry, if we start to get the, to the Derek Carrs of the world and, and they're not on this list, and Mac Derek Carr is. Derek Carr is on the list. He was so he has actually been like 
I guess they did a um I guess they released some players early, like where they were. Derek Carr was one of those. I believe Derek Carr was let me take a look and see. I have this uh Derek Carr is at 65 from what I from what I saw. I don't know if it was the NFL that released it, but uh I, I saw that Derek Carr was at 65. Um so he's he's there. Now let's just Brady, Herbert, Stafford, Mahomes, Carr, Burrow, Prescott, Allen, Rogers, Lamar. Lamar. No, Lamar might not be on it. What? what Lamar is, is dude. There's is, Lamar is okay, on wait, the so I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That wasn't. That was not a. I'm. I. I just. Jer- that was a knee jerk reaction yeah. of like he was hurt last season, so maybe he's not on it. Okay. Like, See what you're saying, but if, if we're talking about the players, oh yeah, for sure, vote. for sure. Then you have yeah, you have Lamar. Even with the little have... bit of time Lamar played, they would put him on the top 100 because for those games, he's that much better than so. Yeah, many. played 12 games last year. Okay. No, I, mean, I, had, I, I know. He had I, them I, at I, eight I and three before. Like, if they don't put Lamar on the list, that's my point. Like, what is what he had? He didn't even. He was hurt half the year playing hurt. Didn't play the whole year, and he still put up the dim, same numbers as Mac Jones. <laughs> like, would, and would, he you have, would, like you have, would you have Carson Wentz over Mac Jones on uh, on the quarterback rankings based on last year? I would. As crazy as this sounds, I would. Yes, twenty seven seven. Yeah, based on last year, yes. Yeah. And it's crazy because you know me again. I'm the biggest Carson Wentz hater, but based on last year, absolutely. Like, I don't, I don't understand where this Mac Jones. Again, you can like him. People can like him all they want. I don't understand it at all. I just don't. Yeah. The numbers did not say that he deserved to be in the top hundred. Yeah, I agree. Uh, speaking what of Lamar be- Jackson, though, the, there is one other morning headline that uh, he does. He actually had our one spot for a morning headline. Uh, he came out and said, and, and there are reports that came out and said that Lamar Jackson is going to halt his contract talks at the beginning of the season if they cannot get an extension done. He does not want this carrying on into the regular season, and this to me is just. I love what Lamar Jackson does, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here. Lamar doesn't have an agent, right? He's he's representing himself with his correct. contract talks. Correct. So this to me is 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 fantastic to see from Lamar Jackson. He's really setting a. I hope I hope he's setting a standard here for the future. Like we we're, we're not talking about him holding out. Like maybe maybe that'll come in the future. I don't I don't know. We're not talking about him holding out. We're not talking about him missing games right now. He's just saying I want to focus on my team. I want to focus on where this team is going in the future. I don't, I, we'll, I'll worry about my contract in a little bit. He's representing himself. He's like, okay, if it's not done, it's not done. I'm not going to hold out games because I love, I, I want to see where this team goes. Aaron, you're giving me a little face here. What do you, uh, because you're just so disrespectful. You, 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 you said that whole soliloquy. It was beautiful by the way. And you're absolutely right. Except for one part. He didn't set any precedent. He didn't set no standard. Dak Prescott did this two years, two or three years ago when his no, contract. No, I didn't say no. Yes, you did. Was... You yes, you did. You said yes, you did. You would like to see more players because Lamar Jackson kind of starting his do. No, Dak Prescott did this two or three years ago when he wanted a contract, didn't get one, didn't hold out, didn't do none of that stuff. He played on his and he just played it out, and they knew he was going to get paid. You know why? Because he's just like Dak Prescott in the fact that he he trusts himself, he trusts the process, he knows okay, what he's well, capable of. But don't disrespect well, the man sorry, that actually did it sorry first. Sorry for disrespecting Dak Prescott here, no, but Lamar is on a different level right. than Dak Prescott. So this is why I'm saying that. <laughs> just, I'm just... 
No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Lamar Jackson is doing something that we don't see happen very often in the NFL, which is he has a huge injury risk by the way he plays the game of football. And he's saying, you know what? I trust the process. I trust the Baltimore Ravens organization and my myself as far as getting this done. Maybe it's not happening right now. Maybe things need to be maneuvered around or whatever. But I don't think there's any doubt that Lamar Jackson will be a Baltimore Raven long term. Yeah. Very much the way I said Kyler Murray would be with Arizona. You just don't see quarterbacks let go that are the caliber of Lamar Jackson. We you the last time that's happened is when where they just walk out the door. I don't I couldn't tell you. Um, Aaron, they didn't do it with Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson had to be traded. Like there's always things where there's a free agent just walking out of the door doesn't yeah. really happen when you got that caliber of a quarterback. It took Tom Brady 20 years. So <laughs> and being like, and being 43 years old yeah, or whatever it was, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I should do something different in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And let's not let's not sleep on the relationship Lamar Jackson has with uh, John Harbaugh and that organization. They they are almost lockstep with what goes on from from the organization to the field and the way the game is played within their offensive scheme. So I think I think it's absolutely right. The trust that is in that office. If he's going to halt if he's going to halt conversations, I would expect him to do everything in his power to stay as healthy as he can and watch out, because if he stays healthy this whole season and they didn't give him a contract, we're talking about leaving the market going into this season at 230 fully guaranteed. So come next season when the cap goes up again, because so many more people will be watching football, we can be talking 250, 260 fully guaranteed in some type of way. So and, and that's that's be high, but he gonna get paid. That's the part I don't get is like I said this with Dallas. Like I said, they should have just paid him earlier. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get him cheaper, but the cap keeps going up. So it's I mean it's all relative yeah. in the end. But remember Dak Prescott broke his ankle. The Cowboys yeah. paid him. I, yeah. I think that could, I, again, knock on wood, I would never want that for Lamar Jackson. Right. But that's how confident I am that he's a Baltimore Raven. Even if that happened to him, something like yeah. that, he would still be a Baltimore Raven and still get paid. Facts. That's our morning headlines. And, of course, our morning headlines are brought to you by Manscaped's Body Wash. It's their ultra-premium body wash that's infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, fresh, and moisturize so fresh and so clean clean get your manscaped body wash today at manscaped.com and use that promo code saxity at checkout to save 20 percent off and free shipping get it today manscaped.com aaron injury report let me hear it yeah obviously first week of preseason we get a lot of injuries so this is obviously our heaviest one so far uh most importantly i would say is zach wilson we've talked about it all weekend basically zach wilson tearing his meniscus has to have surgery i believe he's having surgery tuesday uh flying to la to get that done they're hoping that once they get in there there's nothing extra uh timeline was originally set from two to four weeks knowing what a meniscus tear feels like um could be longer six to eight is possibility if there's more damage if it's completely torn but i don't think it's a season ending injury by any means and i do think that he will be back hopefully sometime at the early part of the season uh so that's positive news because we all thought non-contact could be something like an acl and that's uh you know that would be devastating for a team that um you know obviously has kind of pushed a lot of their chips now young players into the middle by the way go check out the tiktok and the youtube short if you haven't seen it on my solution for the Jets, if Zach Wilson is out. And then um, for the Packers, El, El, Elton Jenkins, Christian <laughs> Watson, Robert Tunyon. I don't know who knows how to spell these names, but they didn't spell them right. Uh, we're at Packers practice. So they, they're they back at Packers, Packers practice. 
And um, that's a big sign, obviously, for the Green Bay Packers, being getting back their offensive line. Christian Watson, a rookie that we've talked so much about, uh, draft season, preseason, getting ready to allow Aaron Rodgers to have another weapon um, with Romeo Dubs and Alan Lazard and then Tunyon being back as well, another weapon. Um, and then Falcons, Drake London, we saw it first play, gets a pass, 24 yards, looks good, runs a route. And then what happens? Oh, my knee. He, something happened in his knee. They don't think it's serious. As a matter of fact, I was actually at Falcons camp today, and I did not see Drake out there. So he was rehabbing. He shouldn't practice all week, um, but they are not worried. He says he doesn't think it's anything long-term. He should be able to get back out there soon. But obviously, if you lose him, that's a that's a big deal. So we'll keep an eye out for that as we move through the rest of preseason, as we get into the early part of the season. Uh, Joe Burrow is back after having an appendectomy. Appendectomy. Um, an appendectomy. Uh, yeah, I don't think there was anything there. He finally came back out to practice. Looks good, feeling good, strong. Joe Burrow should be Joe Burrow. Um, another big one. The Browns lost their starting center, Nick Harris. Ending knee, knee injury. Uh, Friday night's preseason game against the Jags. He's done for the year. Uh, that could be a huge blow to the Browns, especially with Deshaun Watson trying to get in there and get you know comfortable with the offense. And now you lose that center, that anchor, that offensive line. That's going to be a huge issue there that they're going to have to fill. And then lastly, the 49ers running back, Elijah Mitchell, who we've questioned all season, can he repeat? Who's it going to be? Is he going to be injured again? Uh, well, he's starting the season with a little bit of a hammy, so they are going to keep him out of the preseason. Uh, they do expect him to be back for the regular season, but you always worry about guys early in the season with soft tissue injuries. You want to make sure they come back fully healthy because those are the type of injuries that can linger. So Elijah Mitchell trying to have two back-to-back -back years and become the 49ers leading rusher back-to-back -back years in a long, long time because they've had a new a leading rusher, a different leading rusher every year for the past, I don't know, 10 years. 10 years how, 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 does, how does this news for Elijah Mitchell uh, impact his fantasy stock real quick? For, for me, it does not. For me, it does okay. not at this point. If they feel confident he'll be ready for week one, I'm okay. To me, it's more of a precautionary measure. Now, if it starts to linger into the regular season, then you got to start worrying, man, I, I might have pushed too much on Elijah Mitchell. But if you go into your draft, you're just going to have to trust that he's going to be ready to go week one. I like the thought that they're holding him out, not for fantasy purposes alone, but for the fact for him to come in ready to go and hit the ground running, pun intended. Yeah, sure. So I think this is a good idea. I think it's a good idea to hold him out. Can, can I bring up one more thing, Vinny, before we go? I know we got to move on, but I just, I always like to circle back. You know what? Never mind. I will save it. I will save it. If you want to hear it, go on YouTube and watch our game reviews for the preseason. We'll hear it in a minute. Boom. There you go. That does it for our injury updates. It is now time for AJ to load up those golden pipes and tell the beautiful oh. people at home where they can oh. follow us at. Oh, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Ladies, gentlemen, good morning. Welcome in. We appreciate you rocking with the Sack City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. You know what you do when you hit to them socials. You make sure you hit the likes and you hit the follows and you hit the subscribe. And of course you hit the share because everybody in the world needs to know about at Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok five days a week. Not to mention a little bit of fantasy love on Sunday morning before you get your football day started. So come and rock with us all the time, every day, every day, every damn day on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Sac City Pod. Your boys are back in town. <laughs> Let's do it. And... <laughs> and now the Sac City is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. That's right, precision-engineered tools for those family jewels. 
Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million worldwide with this exclusive offer. 20% off free worldwide shipping with the code SACCITY. And if my math is correct, that's 12 million balls. That's right, 12 that, million balls. So many balls. So, so many, many balls. balls. And the Performance Package 4.0 is a game changer. Inside the package, you're going to have the lawnmower 4.0, trimmer, the weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, the crop preserver ball deodorant to keep it nice and fresh, and that reviver toner to make it look stand out and glare a little bit. A little bit of shine on the thing. Performance boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold all of your goodies. So make sure you go to manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with the code SACCITY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com, use that code SACCITY. And, uh, you know, unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for those tools. Hey, I got to be honest here, guys. I used my stuff for the first time last week. Hey, that I... shit broke. <laughs> it didn't break. It didn't break. I am, I'm happy that it did not break. Uh, but... I, I do have just a little story that I want to bring up here. My wife decided to like, she was excited. She was excited, obviously excited to have this new thing in our lives. And you talk about the free gifts that it comes with. It comes with a legit newspaper. And my wife, while I'm like setting everything up, unboxing everything, this girl is sitting on the toilet watching or reading the newspaper. She's enjoying the newspaper. So like this gift, this package that you get, obviously it's the gift that keeps on giving. Because you get the you get the 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 shaver, you get the trimmer, you get all the good stuff, and then you get the added bonus of entertainment of these good stories that are on this new pa- newspaper article. There's a crossword puzzle on there that keeps you entertained. So like it's not the it manscape is so much more than just trimming up your family jewels, trimming up it's, the nose hair. It's so it's much for more. you and your lady. It's for you and your it lady. is. It's a family oh. ordeal here. It is a family ordeal. I was super and sad. uh get your get your manscape products today. I uh I was I had some packages arrive the other day, but I was, you know, running around. And I was like, oh, I'll be sure to open that later. Then it dawned on me, I was like, oh shit, that might be my manscape. I should definitely open it up. We're gonna do a little box box preview and everything. And then I opened it and it wasn't. It was just the uh wonderful silky bathrobe that I that I ordered for myself and now. At least now I have a nice little bathrobe to use. Wait, wait, wait. So I... you ordered a silky bathrobe so after you manscape? For she during manscape. You know, you got to do the reveal. Yeah. Can we, we should before, put the DeAndre Hopkins poster before. on AJ's screen. Uh... I mean, you can put me in the bathrobe on the screen. That's fine. No, 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 no. Please don't. Please don't. Oh, oh, we, want sorry, our show to... dress, we want our show to get fine. views, not lose subscribers. Shit. Oh, my Yeah, that's goodness. why me on the screen. <laughs> They're going to end up banning us from YouTube. I'm gonna, As you fan I'm gonna, yourself out down there. <laughs> I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull the curtain back here, and uh, guys, we are always very transparent on this show, and we don't just do like we don't just advertise stuff we don't like support, and we're not telling lies on. I didn't tell a lie on that story. My wife literally just texted me, spam texting me, stop. You are horrible. What the hell? I can't believe you said that story on the air. Well, yeah, so, because you just stuff- put your wife on the toilet, first of all. I was wondering if she was going to say something about that. No, no, <laughs> she's just sitting. She's just sitting. She was fully clothed. She, like, she was just like. Mm-hmm. That way to, way to recover. Way to recover. You just told the fans you didn't lie. And now you just lied to them again. I, I, I did not. There was no lies told in that story. You can. I have photo. I just. It, it's great. It's great. Shop Manscaped. 20% off. Free, free shipping as well. Uh, there it is. Let's get into our team previews here. If you're new to the show, we are breaking down all 32 teams of the NFL. Uh, 
team preview, offense, defense. We've got prop bets. We've got what to watch for, schedule, record predictions, and our Saxony predict, uh, preseason rankings. Tonight, we are doing the Chiefs and the Cardinals. We've already done the Broncos, Cowboys, Chargers, Raiders. We've done a lot. We've done the Bucks. We've done a lot already. Check it out on YouTube now on if you've missed West. those episodes. Huh? Cover the entire AFC West already, huh? Yeah, this is the AF. This is this completes our AFC West preview here. The Chiefs are our final team, and that's actually who we are starting off with. And Aaron, I'm going to you first here. You are you are probably the most proud supporter of the Chiefs on this show. You are very you are very like the Chiefs are that team. They they trust them through and through, especially this offense led by Patrick Mahomes, even without Tyreek Hill. You have seemed confident all offseason long. With that confidence in this offense, where is actually the biggest weakness on this team? And let me go further. I know I normally I shouldn't be talking this long in my questions, but I'm going to anyways. The Chiefs are a team most people think are going to go into the postseason. Like this is it, barring something crazy, they're a playoff team. So, Aaron, specifically, what I want to ask you here is what's that weakness that might rear its ugly head? in the postseason that could knock the Chiefs out at the end of the day? Yeah, I think it's simple. I think it's the running game. I think it's a, it's the running game because Patrick Mahomes is going to be Patrick Mahomes. Everybody was concerned early in last year when they were struggling. I think they were 3-3 three and three or 4-4 four and four or something like that. And then Mahomes turned it on and they went on a stretch. He had the Raiders and he threw like five touchdowns. And he really never turned back from that point. But the consistent kind of Achilles heel of this team has been consistently running the football. And I get it. They don't always feel like they need to run the football. But the way teams are now starting to scheme that offense with the not letting them beat you deep, not letting them go over the top, it's the dink and duck. And Mahomes has to actually be a little bit more patient. And I think this is where the run game comes into play. Because if you can get the run game going, then those teams can't just sit back there and too high. You have to actually come up and start putting guys in the box to stop that run. And I think this is what you've seen the Chiefs go out and do. They go out and get a Ronald Jones to go along with Clyde Edwards there. They bring back a Jarek McKinnon. They go get an Isaiah Pacheco, who they really, really like in camp as a rookie. And he was very, very productive uh, for his little bit of time in college. I think this running game is the key to this entire team. If this running game gets going, they were about middle of the pack last year, and they were in the AFC, AFC title game. You lose Tyreek Hill. You bring in a number of weapons on the outside that aren't Tyreek Hill. But if your running game doesn't improve, I don't know if they can get to that point again where they're in the NFC or AFC title game to try to for another trip to the Super Bowl. I think it's all on the running game. I think it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think it's Ronald Jones. And I also think it's Patrick Mahomes. And not just Patrick Mahomes scrambling. I don't mean like him running the ball. But him being willing to look at a defense and say, I know my arm can beat you right now, but it's third and three, and we really need to show our dominance and establish this run game, and we're going to do it. And so I think that's where it comes to play. It's not just about, oh, can we run the football on first and second down? It's can we be physical, establish our dominance, and make defenses respect our run game enough to where they have to commit resources to it, and then Patrick Mahomes can do what he does, which is go over the top and find his receivers like Travis Kelsey and those guys on the outside. So do you think this is going – like this could be a problem for them? Like like obviously I asked that question. That was what your response was. But like in my head, and I'm thinking, okay – the Chiefs, Chiefs fans, and even you maybe later on in the season, like we're getting into our predictions, it might end up being where it's like this team is just so good. It's like it doesn't matter if they have a run game. And they, they did it in – they did it in – when they won the Super Bowl, they had a run – like like 
it was there was a lot of Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, but that run game for their Super Bowl run was was good. Like that was a big impact on their team to get to that point. Do you think that like the Chiefs can't make the Super Bowl or can't win the Super Bowl at least without an effective run game? Uh, they they will not win the Super Bowl without an effective run game. Now the effective run game doesn't have to be throughout the season. Um, I believe the year they had the effective run game, they were top five, five or six in, in total rushing, which obviously helped them, but they needed to be able to run the ball when it matters, right? This is an explosive offense with an explosive quarterback and an explosive play caller. It's not about do, can they, do they have to run the ball 35s? It just has to be impactful when they do run the ball. And I think that's the biggest thing. Set the bar, set the yes, bar. What it, is, it, what does this rushing attack have to look like? If they want, if they, if they win the Super Bowl, what does it have to look like? Maybe not, maybe not statistically, but like, what's their impact in games? Maybe, maybe it's like, maybe it's like, okay, like every other game or, or there has to be games where you're seeing a, a 100 yard rusher. No, or, no, no, no. Like, that, that's not, that's what I, I guess that's my point. Buffalo made it far towards late in the season because they were an impactful rushing late. Not they didn't run the ball a lot. I don't care if Kansas City runs the ball 20 times. They can run it 20 times, which is a very small amount in the NFL. If they run it in situational downs that keep drives alive to impose their will, when they need to milk a clock late in the game, can they just go out and do that and not rely on Patrick Mahomes to get back there, drop back, and make these plays? They have to be able to impose their will when they want to. Again, it doesn't have to be all the time, but when Andy Reid says, hey, I need two yards right here and run it down their throat, they have to be able to get that two yards. They can't just go off the field. So I think it's more about how impactful those runs are than the amount of times they run or if there's a 100-yard rusher. Because I don't anticipate them having 100-yard rushers. CEH is not going to go for 100 yards every week. They mix guys in. It's going to be a a running back by committee with maybe he's the lead guy, but there are going to be other guys rotated in there. It's just about what you do with the volume that you put out. So can you go out and get me yards when I need them the most? Okay. That's what I. That's what I want. I wanted to set that bar because it's it's obvious. Like this offense is Patrick Mahomes, Ty, uh, Travis Kelsey. Like it, that's what this offense's identity is. But you have to be you, can, you have to be more than just a one dimensional offense if you want to win a Super Bowl. And that's just plain and simple when it comes to when it comes to especially the Chiefs and in that tough, very tough AFC on the defensive side of the ball. AJ, this team lost one of their biggest pieces in Tyron Matthew at the safety position, uh, and they they. They did a very good job drafting a, a few good rookies uh, to come in and, and fill some holes. But what player, or maybe players, need to step up the most on this KC defense, especially against the, the much, much better AFC West and the high-powered offenses that we're going to be seeing this year? Yeah, I, I definitely am going the players route because I do think it's important that they're getting help from the front end and the back end. I'm going to start with one of their rookies, and this is a different thing for Steve Spagnolo and the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Spagnolo likes his veterans, and right now they are re- sincerely looking at about five or six different rookies that can be seeing substantial playtime. I'm going to start with George Karloftis, a guy that we really enjoyed uh, in the in the draft season when we were talking about all these guys that were coming in and making an impact. Because last season, the beginning of the year, that pass rush was not something that they could really hang their hat on. Now, it got better by the end of the season. They ended up they ended up finishing top seven. And we talked about how they would get better as the year went on, and that, that rang true. But when you can pair a George Karloftis with a Chris Jones in the middle and a Frank Clark, 
uh, and get this pass rush going early against the mobile guys of a of a Russell Wilson, against a Justin Herbert who's shown to be escapable, against a Derek Carr who can get the ball out quickly. That pass rush is going to be very important. And then I look at the back end with uh, Joshua Williams and a Brian Cook. Uh, the Brian Cook really is the important one because last year Spagnuolo ran uh, three safeties about 65 to 70% of the time, which means as a young guy, he's going to be getting a lot of reps. So now he's having to show what he can do on the field and prove himself because it's a very good chance that he and a Thornhill and a Justin Reed are all going to be sharing time and sharing the field together. So I think when you look at it from the front end with George Kalafis and the back end with the cornerbacks and Joshua Williams and the safeties and Brian Cook, uh, these are the guys that I'm really looking at to start this season off fast. So when it comes time for the Spagnuolo defense to really get going, they can seamlessly transition into their into their roles. Yeah, you mentioned Justin Reed. Um, I think that's such an underrated pick uh, pickup for them. I know everybody loves Tyron Matthew, but Justin Reed at this yep. stage in his career might be better than Tyron Matthew at his stage of his career. Uh, I'm just being honest. Justin Reed is versatile. He's athletic. He's super, super talented, and I know people were up in arms as to why they went and got him instead of uh, Tyron Matthew. It's because he's younger, uh, number one, and he seems to be trending up as Tyron Matthew is probably at, at his best or or declining at this point of his career. So um, I'm really intrigued by him there. The Trent McDuffie is, is the play for me. He has to produce as a rookie or the Chiefs are in trouble because we know what Spagnola wants to do. Spagnola wants to blitz. Spagnola wants to play man-to-man coverage, and that's what he's going to live by. We saw it against Cincinnati when Jamar Chase goes for three touchdowns in Week 17. Sometimes guys just can't cover man-to-man. Charvarius Ward was a very underrated player for the Kansas City Chiefs. He leaves and goes to the 49ers. You bring in a Trent McDuffie, who I was very, very high on. I think he's going to be an excellent corner in this league, but he's a rookie, and you got to go up against guys like Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Devontae Adams and you know, uh, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and all of these guys in the AFC West. So he has to have an impact immediately. He doesn't get the opportunity to grow into his role, to learn how to play the position at the NFL level. He has to come in day one and be ready to lock somebody down. And that's going to be the key to the entire season for me for the Kansas City Chiefs. Can their defensive backs maintain Steve Spagnuolo's system and running that man-to-man coverage and being able to stop guys on the back end. And if they do, I think they'll be fine, and I think that defense will be, be good. Chris Jones last year was the difference in the pass rush. When he was out, they sucked. When he came back, they were good. So I think that's the most important thing for that defense is if they get people on the back end that can cover Trent McDuffie, then they will be fine. Yeah, so the only reason I didn't mention Trent McDuffie, and I guess it's unfair because he is a rookie, I – full-heartedly believe he is going to come in and be ready. I'm not saying he's going to be Patrick Sertan in his rookie year, but from what he showed in his college years, the way he picks up uh, defensive schemes, the way he reads offenses, the way his athleticism, his instincts, I don't have much worry about him coming in. And again, that may be unfair because he's a rookie. He is going to have to kind of learn, to some extent, learn the NFL. So to me, I'm expecting that to be to be a foregone conclusion. And these other guys have to come in and be able to set have to be able to step that bar up to his level or as close to it as they can get because he is on a different level. So uh, to me, Trent McDuffie kind of went without saying, uh, but I do like all the points you brought up. And it is important, obviously, that their number one cornerback that they traded up for in the first round shows up and, and does his job. I think it's interesting when you look at this AFC West. I mean, we've been on this show multiple times talking about how this AFC West is going, there's going to be a lot of shootouts. 
And even though there's all this talk about around the offenses of these teams, it is go it's going to come down to the defenses and who's just going to make that one stop. So like players, players like Reed and McDuffie and, and maybe getting a pass rush from, from Carl Loftus or, or Chris shows like, that's what you're going to need. Those one plays that's going to stop the opposing team just once. So you can get your team ahead. Uh, it also helps by the way, when you have a guy like Justin Reed, who can also do this. Stepping in Elijah Hicks was, was worried it was going to go over top of him, but Really, the weakness is the cover two deep middle. Hey, what did we just see? We just saw Justin Reed, who did some kicking in Houston, come out for the extra point. That was fun. Well, didn't they say he just banged over a 50-yard practice? He did. Practice? Absolutely. I love seeing the videos of Justin Reed stepping. He's so happy to be able to kick, and he hits the extra point. Told you, freak athlete can do everything. He is a – He's. I'm telling you, he, people are going to be surprised because he wasn't known. He played in Houston. But that dude can play football. He's a super athlete, and, and he's he, he's just a really good football player. It was a 65-yarder, if I'm not mistaken, in practice, yeah, by the way. It was. It, it was. <laughs> which is nuts. Was. Which is nuts. <laughs> Aaron, was you, was what you just said, though, you're, like what you're watching for this season with the Chiefs, or is there a, is there maybe a deeper a deeper sight that you have your, your – Yeah. Sight that you have your – Yeah. What are you watching for this season? Yeah, I was gonna go. I was gonna go with that point, but um, I thought AJ covered a lot of the defense pretty well. So, uh, but then I thought about it. What I'm watching for the most is the conversation around Patrick Mahomes. Two years ago, Super Bowl, you know, MVPs, all this stuff. He's guy wins Super Bowl, four straight AFC title games. Patrick Mahomes is the man. Patrick Mahomes is is the guy, best quarterback in football. And then we forget. Like, then he struggles at the beginning of last year, and it's like the whole world forgot how good this guy was. So then they start talking, like, oh, maybe he's not there. He's got to stop turning the ball over and blah, 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 blah. Then he turns it on again, and it's like, there's that guy we like so much. Now you lose your best weapon in Tyreek Hill, the, the most electric man probably in the NFL with the ball in his hands, and now you lose him. And now you bring in a bunch of guys that really couldn't latch on anywhere else. Juju Smith-Shooter out of Pittsburgh. Mark uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling out of Green Bay. Sky Moore, the WNBA star, a rookie coming in from um, Western or uh, Western Michigan. Western sorry, Michigan. Yeah. And so uh, – and then obviously you got your staple in Travis Kelsey. I want to see what Patrick Mahomes looks like this year. And I'm sorry. I watched one drive in the preseason, and it was against against the worst Bears team. I mean, we probably have seen it in a long time. But you know what I saw? Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football, and I still don't give a shit what anybody else says. Love Josh Allen. Love Justin Herbert. But we can go back to last year, and I still remember that overtime game with Buffalo and what Josh Allen did, and I was like, man, this dude's crazy. But every single time, here comes Mahomes, and he answered. Every single time until he won the game. And so um, I'm not ready to, to back off of the Mahomes is the greatest quarterback talent that I've ever seen. And I said that before and i'll say it again he is the best quarterback talent that i have ever seen throw the football and i'm not ready to back down off of that yet there's some guys that are trying to creep up on him but i'm looking for that this year i'm looking for him to say you know what i don't need tyree kill i'm still going to throw 45 touchdowns i'm still going to take this team to an afc title game or a super bowl and i just got rid of arguably the top three receiver in the league so you, you, you brought you brought up though and I'm going to just, this is just going to transition into this no matter what. Uh, you brought up, though, that there was a point last season where maybe not you, because you were. Not maybe. Don't say maybe. I never 
Wait, ne- you were never, never, you were never against it. But lo- at some point last season, there was a time where there was some dogging of Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. They were still winning games, but they weren't doing it in like typical Chiefs fashion. They were grinding out wins, like against like the New York Giants, for example. Like there were a lot of grind out type of wins. AJ, with this offense at least looking new this season with new pass catchers, new weapons for Patrick Mahomes, could we see a similar start? to the Chiefs season this year as we did last season? You could, but I don't think it lasts as long. We were talking about week seven, week eight, when they were really kind of turning up uh, in last season. I don't think it lasts that long. I think they're going to be a step cleaner this season, which is weird to say because I get it. They have a lot of new pieces. But Juju Smith-Schuster is a veteran. Um, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scanling played with Aaron Rodgers, another uh, work ethic type of guy, another talent that we always compare to a Patrick Mahomes. When I look at the start for them, I, I think they come on pretty quickly. Maybe they lose two or three to start in that area, but I, I, I have them. I have them. Oh, I can't tell you my record prediction yet, but I have it pretty decent. I have them with a pretty decent amount of wins, even in this tough AFC West. So, um, with that, with that being said, I don't think we're looking at them in Week Seven like, well, it's not the year for the Chiefs. Well, that's what happens when you lose Tyree Kill. You know, they're just not going to be able to win his games because they don't have that game break. Stop. That's not that's not the case. They're going to be deep into the playoffs once again, and uh, we'll be yelling at a lot of haters. Well, if they go three and three, though, if they go three and three. Mark my words, that will be the conversation. And that record, that schedule right there, they could go three and three. They yeah, could go yeah. three and three with that schedule. And if they go three and three, that is exactly what the media will talk about. And, you know, no, you but, want to know but you want to know why it, this is the New England Patriots of when they were winning Super Bowls all the time. Every time, every year, they started two and two, three and three, or something. And oh, this is the end. Dynasty's I over. Think- this is the NFL. The best teams are late, get better late in the season. It would not shock me if the Chiefs, Chiefs come out trying some new things, trying to figure out how they want to run this offense without Tyreek Hill and struggle a little bit. Wouldn't shock me. But I guarantee you one thing Andy Reid is a great coach, and Andy Reid will figure it out. Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback, and he'll figure it out. So I just don't want to hear it. At six weeks, when people are going to start talking, oh, no, they're in trouble, they're in trouble, I'm going to do exactly what I did last year, and I'm going to fade them. I'm just going to every time just, ah, nope. Ah. See, the difference in the, the big difference this season, though, and, of course, it's all based on what we see on paper. You look at those first six games, every one of those are people we are talking about as very deep playoff runs, if not Super Bowl contenders. So the first six weeks, I mean, Arizona with Kyler Murray and his new – contract and their high-powered offense yes no deandre hopkins los angeles and what justin herbert did last year we expect them to take a step forward indianapolis was crowned last season but they had carson wentz now they have matt ryan tampa bay tom brady will obviously be back we get it las vegas now has Devontae adams buffalo bills we're talking about super bowl contenders if they go three and three that's a respect level in all in all honesty that wasn't any different than last year I mean, Tennessee. So last year they started with Cleveland. Wait, last year they started with Cleveland, who was coming off that playoff the year before. They they barely beat Cleveland 32-29. They played Baltimore. They played the Chargers. They played the Bills. They played the Titans. They played the Eagles. All playoff teams. The one game everybody looked at was the Commanders when they kept it close until the end, and they blew out the Commanders in the long run. Right after that, they played the Packers. So it was good teams last year too. They just didn't look the same because they weren't scoring 40 points and Tyreek Hill wasn't catching 80-yard bombs every week. They had to dink and dunk down the field. The offense didn't look great, but like Vinny said, they were finding ways to win games. But it's the same tough schedule, right? They they play a first-place schedule every year. 
So they, they, they got a hard schedule. We know that's the case. The Colts, the Cardinals, they're going to beat those teams. You know why? Because they're better than those teams. Yeah. Those teams are good, but they're not at the Chiefs level. And I think those that's what we're talking about here is – yeah, they might lose some games early. And maybe they're against good teams. Maybe they struggle a little bit against some mediocre teams. But in the end, like you said, they're going to be there. <laughs> no matter what, like, because they got the quarterback, they got the coach, they have a foundation that this team was built on that got them to four straight AFC title games and two Super Bowls during that stretch. They're going to be there. I trust that. I firmly 100% believe that the Chiefs are going to be in another title game this year. Yes, I said What's the face for? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's it's not. It wasn't like a face of like me disagreeing. It was like me, like a face of registering what you just said. And it's like it, I would have taken it a step further, but I got to save something for my predictions at the end of the month. Just dropping it hot. Well, let's get into those record predictions. That we'll go. We'll go right into that because we're talking about schedule. We're talking about how we're how we think the Chiefs are going to end. Uh, what do you guys have as your record predictions for the Chiefs, AJ? Uh, I have the Chiefs at thirteen and four. Um, first place again in the AFC West. Uh, I think they, I think they're just a step, a cut above. Honestly, part of me thinks Pat Mahomes loves Tyree Kill, but he looks at his new weapons and just thinks of all the crazy things that he's able to do with them. And you still got Travis Kelsey, and they're gonna find different ways to use these guys. There's such a different complement of receivers too. You look back and like, except for like having a Demarcus Robinson, he's always had just all these small guys. And sure, you got Sky Moore who's small for a WNBA player. But then you got Juju, who's a decent size. You got Marquez Valdez, who's 6'3". Um, unfortunately, Justin Ross won't be there again because he's uh, he's Mr. Unbreakable, uh, but uh, Mr. Glass and whatnot. But I think he looks at these, these weapons and just gets kind of excited. I think you're going to see that translate into some wins. So I have them at 13-4, and four, and uh, I'll be excited when I can prove everybody right. Aaron? 12-5. and five. Um, I, I do think – they're susceptible to more losses like they were last year, just because I don't think their focus is on, oh, we got to win so many games throughout the regular season like it has been in the past. Chiefs are championship or bust, right? That's really what they're looking at. So I think they go 12 and five, but I actually think they get off to a hot start um, early in the season. They, I think I got them like five and two after after seven games. And, and then from there, they're kind of just, they're trying to just coast it through the season. So uh, three losses down the stretch. I have them going seven and three down the stretch. I just think they're a really good team. Uh, 12 and five for me. I think something to point out in this, in this uh, schedule for the chiefs is you brought up that you think that they could start five and two. And I, that wouldn't surprise wow. me because you look at the, you look at that first seven games before the bye, And we talk about how you normally split those games in division with the, like the, the chargers, Vegas, uh, Broncos, stuff like that. Those games are all at home to start the season. You have the Chargers at home. You have Vegas at home. Um, like th- those games right there are just the bill. Even the Bills at home, like that gives you that edge right there. And then, like you said, on the back half is where it would get a little difficult because you have to go to Vegas, uh, to Los Angeles, um, to Cincinnati, to Denver. Like those games are much harder because you're on the on the road. Those are the games that you would say uh, would be your toss up, and you'd give it to the home team sometimes. Uh, I would have I have them at twelve and five. Also, uh, these are our final AFC West standings. I'm pretty sure we didn't we didn't change we didn't falter on uh, what we had from the off season. So this graphic works perfectly. Uh, this is the AFC West final standings according to our season preview predictions. Here, um, everyone having pretty much very similar uh, very similar stats. Although AJ a little bit down more down on the Raiders. 
I think I you popped, popped that up, up to ten. I popped up, yeah, I popped up to ten after uh, you know we had some things change in different places, and you know watching some things transpire with this offense and the way their chemistry's gone, I, I gave them another win. Uh, but again, we talk about how difficult this AFC West is going to be. Yeah, and yet we all have that faith in the Chiefs still, so that should tell yeah. you something. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to not have faith in the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, odds. Preseason uh, power ranking spot. Let's get into the odds here real quick. These are the odds listed for the Kansas City Chiefs. Over 10.5 wins at minus 115. I tried to do a little some things different here for our prop bets. I wanted to give you some harder uh, plus odds to see which one, see if you'd uh, be tempted to lock any of those in. Patrick Mahomes MVP is uh, plus 800. And over 6.5 Juju Smith-Schuster receiving touchdowns is at plus 100 right now. Any of you guys tempted to take the plus money here, or are you just going to lock in the 10 and a half and just coast off and take the easy way out? Take the easy way out. I like easy money. I'll take the there 10 and a half wins. I think that's a lock easy money. Okay. I, I, I'm sitting here like teetering on the juju, but that's just like, you know, like I just want to have that belief. You know me, I'm always a, the uh, optimist of the group. So um, I'm definitely locking in the easy money, but you know, if I, Let's say I made some money elsewhere and I had something to, to just spend. I, I, I'd throw it on Juju. To get, to get Seven touchdowns is too hard. Much. It's hard. I, I I hear it. But, you know, I'd be very happy when I took that bet and not many did. <laughs> yeah. Tyreek Hill last season had nine touchdowns for the Chiefs. Travis Kelsey also had nine touchdowns. Uh, the, yes. year before, the year before that, Tyreek Hill had 15 and Travis yeah. Kelsey had 11. So, but I don't know if it's going to be. The, the, I, I don't think spread it's the ball around yeah. too much for it to be just Juju. I, I just think Travis Kelsey is going to eat in the red zone. I'll tell you that yeah. right now. He's going to score a lot again this yeah. year. But outside of that, um, I don't trust Seven any of those receivers tough. to get to get that many. A lot of them will be at five. Okay. He might just right. be. He might just be the guy who just keeps getting lucky. He doesn't get all the twenty to twenty yards, or, uh, but he gets the touchdowns. You know, like. In, in Atlanta, Julio ate up all the yardage, and then the touchdowns went everywhere else. But and obviously, yeah. Travis Kelsey gets the touchdowns, like you said. But maybe Juju is the other benefactor of uh, some touchdown love. Yeah, let's unveil that preseason power ranking, Aaron. Where do we have the Chiefs uh, in our power preseason power rankings? Yeah, preseason power rankings. We have the Chiefs. You know, they had to be in the top five. This is a team that's uh, again. Four straight AFC title games, two Super Bowl appearances. Hard to take them off of that when you got the quarterback and the coach of Andy Reid and, and Patrick Mahomes. So consensus is they slotted at number five. I was a little bit further down on them than, than you guys, but the consensus came around and put them at five. And you know I'm okay with that because I'm a big Chiefs guy. But um, so they said at number five, third team in the top ten. Did you have them? Because you let's be honest, you had them at number six. Uh, did you have them at number six just because of the uncertainty of like just how this offense is going to look or what was your reasoning? No, just I, got because... five, I got five teams that I think right. Again, these are regular season power rankings, like going into the season, I think that are going to have better records or, okay. or, or something than chiefs. I think that just again, by schedule, based on all things considered, uh, they'll have a better regular season. Okay. There you go. There you have it though, for our chiefs off season or chiefs regular season uh, preview show. Check us out on uh, YouTube. Subscribe to us. Let us know what you think of the show. Drop the comments. Uh, Chiefs fans, let us know what you thought of our analysis. If you liked it, if you didn't like it, if we suck, if we don't suck, let us know in the comments uh, below. We appreciate the feedback. That was good. That was good, gentlemen. I like that. That was that was very good. That was a juicy – that was probably our juiciest uh, team preview that we've had 
And it might get even juicier because we're talking the Atlanta. Oh, not the Atlanta Falcons. Why did I want to say that one? We are talking the Arizona Cardinals and their season preview. Let's start with the Cardinals offense. D-Hop suspended to start the season. AJ, what does this offense look like without DeAndre Hopkins? And will it have a, a negative or maybe a positive effect season long for the Cardinals? Well, it's undoubtedly a lot less sexy. I can tell you that. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, it's this is going to sound so crazy uh, because I actually think it's an okay thing for them because you're going to need this offense to really get into a groove and not have just the DeAndre Hopkins be the only guy making offense when he gets back. You want the guys like uh, A.J. Green to not have his controller disconnect in the end in the end zone for a game-winning touchdown. You want Marquise Brown to really become that solid number one while D-Hop is gone. So when he gets to play that 1B or that number two role, he's, he's scorched earth as well, and now you just add a D-Hop to him. But at the same time, this offense is going to look like it's struggling because if you think about the last stretch of uh, 2021 without DeAndre Hopkins, this offense took a plummet. You know, they went from scoring 30.2 points in the first 12 games to dropping down to 18.1 points. And even though you look at DeAndre Hopkins' stats last year, and you say it wasn't some of his best, it, he was still a huge part of what that offense did. And he still came up big when it came to scoring touchdowns. I want to say he had like eight touchdowns, despite not really getting the receptions and yards that he normally does. Uh, and then what he does to draw the defense, you, you still respect DeAndre Hopkins when you are lined up against him and when you have to scheme against him, which allows for some of these other guys to do some big things. So I do think it's important that while he's gone, a lot of these other weapons get going. Marquise Brown specifically, I think these tight ends need to get used. Uh, Zach Ertz and the new addition of Trey McBride, I think he's going to show some uh, some talent as well. Um, but obviously they're not, they're, they can't wait till DeAndre Hopkins gets back in week six. And if, if they can put together even a 500 record before he gets back, they should be in good shape. It's a, it's a big it is still, it is still a big loss for D Hop to be not on that yeah. offense, but I do like the fact that building that chemistry with everyone else because you already know what you're going to get with D Hop and Kyler. You like you already know that they're going to be they're going to be balling out. You want to see that development between Hollywood and Kyler, Trey McBride and Kyler, AJ Green and Kyler. like you want to keep seeing that development progress uh, because maybe when D Hop comes back, it's a well-oiled machine with multiple pass catchers that are going to be able uh, to do damage for the Arizona Cardinals. It's a tough and, uh, NFC West. It's a tough NFC West, though, for the Cardinals battling offenses like the Rams offense and battling the San Francisco 49ers new offense yeah. with Trey Lance. Uh, Aaron, on the defensive side of the ball, what position group is going to have to step up the most for the Cardinals this year? Yeah, I, I think it's the front. I think it's the defensive front. We talked about the loss of Chandler Jones, right? That's the biggest thing we look at. We you know they still got a J.J. Watt there who's a little bit older, but that defensive front looks a lot different now. Rashad Lawrence there, Zach Allen, Dennis Gardick. Like, we're not, not too excited about these guys. So outside of J.J. Watt, who is really going to be that guy that's going to be able to get to the quarterback? You hope guys like a Cam Thomas as a rookie can come in and be effective. Their back end actually did not play very didn't play very bad last year. They were a team that was really good against the pass. They only gave up about 3,800 yards last year in the air, but they have a lot of inexperience on that defensive front line. And if they can't get to the quarterback, that puts a lot of tough situations on that back end to kind of hold up throughout the season. So I'm looking directly at the pass rush. Can they kind of find somebody to replace a Chandler Jones and get to these quarterbacks, a Matt Stafford, a Trey Lance, who's going to be running all over the field. And then obviously you got the, you know, 
the two over there in Seattle, which might not be as hard to get to, but again, still trying to find ways to generate that pressure so your defense can go and make plays. Because I don't think the offense is going to be a problem scoring points for the most part. Um, I do think the D-hop loss is, is a thing, but uh, overall, I think their offense is built to score points. But if they don't have a defense to stop anybody or can't get to any of these quarterbacks, then they're going to be in for a long season. Uh, something's off with this team. And 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 I don't know. Let, uh, let me let me look in the let me look in the dock here. I, I'll say it now because I don't have the what to watch for thing. But I was excited about Arizona last year. That excitement has fallen off tremendously for me. Like I love Kyler Murray, and I think he could be a great quarterback in this league. But I'm not very excited about the Cardinals. I thought they would make a run and take that step next last year, and they did. And then they kind of faltered at the end. I'm like, okay, they're building. But I'm looking at the roster. I'm looking at all the offseason moves and what all these teams have done. And I know they got Hollywood Brown. I thought that was a great pickup, but I'm not excited about them. There's something that's just off. There's some disconnect with the front office and building this roster and Cliff Kingsbury. And just the whole thing is, is to me, is just not right. And I think this is going to be a, a big year for, for the Cardinals and, and that front office. Are they going to sit around? They just paid Cliff Kingsbury. Are they going to sit around and just continue to let, Medio mediocrity happen, or are they going to try to go then do something at the end of this year? Because I think we're destined to an eight and nine, nine and eight mediocre season this year. So you you did look at the you did look at the dog. Obviously, we were not listed for the what to watch for, but in yeah. that schedule uh, section, I do have that question asked to you. What ha, what ha, what is the realistic expectations for the Cardinals this year? Obviously, the past few years, and you just brought it up, this is perfect for it. This Cardinals team has like. It's not that they've like underperformed, but they just haven't they just haven't done it yet. They just haven't taken that next step yet. And we're just kind of wanting that next step for the Cardinals. And what are those expectations? What 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 has to be the expectations this year? And because you brought up the the Cliff Kingsbury and what this management's going through, like if they don't meet those expectations, what has to happen in the offseason? I know this is our regular season preview show, and this is supposed to be a schedule question for you. But it, it has to be talked about. The expectations for this team and what – if it goes wrong, what happens? Well, they signed Kyler Murray to a long-term deal. They signed Cliff Kingsbury to a long-term deal. They expect to be in the playoffs and to win games. And, yes, they've taken a step every year. They, they got – they improved and faltered down the stretch. And they improved, made the playoffs, and got their ass kicked in the playoff game. And this year is supposed to be – that further progression to get to the next round to, to win a playoff game. That's what I'm looking for. I think the expectation right now for the Cardinals has to be to win a playoff game. Anything short of that, they're taking a step backwards, right? It's regression. And I think that's a problem when you just paid a quarterback that much money. That's a problem when you just paid your coach that, that much money. So to me, again, something in the building smells fishy. It doesn't sit, sit right. It's a dead bird somewhere flying around in there. Dead Cardinal, maybe. Um, but yes, I, do I think somebody's going to get fired? No, but I think you then look to guy that front office and you say, who are you going to go get that's going to make an impact? Yeah, you trade for Hollywood Brown. But outside of that, the, the three-headed monster now of a Hollywood Brown, uh, uh, I guess you could throw James Conner in there, DeAndre Hopkins and a Kyler Murray, point to somewhere on this roster where you're like, dude, those are some dogs. Just point to a, a position group. Well, you brought up you brought up the fact that, and, and I just really, really stuck with me when you were talking about the defense and you were talking about how like the pass rush needs to be able to to get going, and you brought up the quarterbacks that they're going to have to play, and you brought up Seattle, and even though the quarterback position is not that great, the corners for the Arizona Cardinals 
are going to have to step up against the Seattle Seahawks, no matter what quarterback is there, because you have to face DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, two very good wide receivers. So no matter if Drew Locke is quarterback for Seattle or if Geno Smith is a quarterback for Seattle, you have to have that, that step up there as well. And it's like these corners for Arizona. And like you said, you look at their roster, it's like, who who really steps up? Like who really stands out to you? Who's an absolute like what we talk, what we joke around and talk about all the time? Who's the absolute dog on this on this offense or defense outside of those players that you mentioned? And it's someone. There's there's going to have to be someone to step up. Yeah, it's, uh, to me, it's 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 the front. And I told you, it's not just the front for the passing. The the secondary played really well last year. Again, they were sixth in pass yards allowed, given up. Like they didn't give up a lot. It was weird because you look at a team that didn't I mean they had a good year but they didn't end up doing anything in the playoffs they were pretty solid all the way around the problem is they don't have now that pressure that Chandler Jones changes the entire complexion of that defense so I'm looking I'm looking at the roster and I'm like who who they might be just mediocre that you look at their roster and that's what I see it's a mediocre roster I think they're going to be a mediocre team and and you're stuck and now again you've paid these guys so if I'm them I'm like okay where's our next step where are the stars where are we going to go out and be like the Rams and go sign guys? Like, and so to me, I don't want to be name whore or anything, but I'm just looking for the names on their team. Yeah. You get a Buda Baker, one guy on the back end. That's good. Isaiah Simmons is playing a little bit better than before when, you know, he wasn't playing that great before JJ Watts older. Those are the only three guys on the defense. I'm really looking at that pop out to me. And then the offense, again, it's just the, the, the same offense they've been running. They can score points, but where, are the guys like where we're like, Oh my God, this team is loaded. This team's a super bowl contender. I don't see it. I think they're mediocre. I think they have a mediocre coach and here we are. It is, it is kind of hard to believe in the Cardinals this year. Definitely. You can definitely feel the difference from last year. It does not feel like they got better. And then it feel in, despite the fact that they paid them, it feels like you had an off season full of distractions as well. So I mean, there's, there was a lot surrounding this organization, and now it's time to play football. And while it may be fun to watch and it may be electric on that offense for bits and pieces, it's going to come down to playing football the right way when games are on the line. And we've seen down the stretch that's not something the Cardinals have done well enough. You can blame it on D. Hopkins going down last year. Granted, they, you know, they fell apart. They were one of the best uh, records in the NFL before he got hurt, and then it totally flip-flopped. But when the games matter, when the games are on the line, it doesn't matter who goes down. You are one of the best teams in the NFL. You have to continue to prove it. And with some of the pieces they lost this season, it's going to be hard to do that without some guys just really outperforming what we all believe they're capable of at this point in time. I feel like a real asshole here. Because I, yeah. I, we talk about our prop bets, and I told you earlier on in the show <laughs> – that I'm trying to find harder bets to lock on. I'm trying to find that plus money to, to be able to lock on to. Um, and this is what I have. And up, up top, you see over nine and a half wins for the Cardinals at plus 160. And I just did some little research on what we all had uh, for our off-season records for the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm seeing that that, off, that, that plus 160 for over nine and a half wins I don't know if anyone's going to take that. And after what we were just talking about, I'm not sure. Cause so I'll just be straight up here. Maybe you guys have changed. Maybe you bumped it up a little bit, but Aaron, you had eight and nine. AJ, you had nine and eight. I had eight and nine. So that doesn't even seem like a good bet to me 
at that point. I, I was, I'm trying to find good plus money, and that just doesn't see. Is any, would anyone lock that in? Like just, just, to, just on the surface now, anyone want to lock in over nine and a half wins for the Cardinals this year? I do no. not. <laughs> I, think I, made that, it right? very, I think I made it very clear that nine and eight is probably their ceiling. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that's, oh man, that's just, it's, it's Tom Brady over 25 touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that too. But okay. Yeah. So, so over 25 and a half Kyler Ooh. Murray passing touchdowns at Ooh. minus 150, 115, I should say, and over six and a half Hollywood Brown receiving touchdowns at plus 100. With the way we're feeling about the Cardinals here, as overall, is just the easy bet to just go with the minus money right there and over under twenty or over twenty five and a half Kyler passing touchdowns and, and move I'll on. I'll take the, the under Cardinals? on everything. Wow. Okay. Kyler Murray yeah. won't throw for twenty five touchdowns. Hollywood Brown won't get more than six and a half. James Conner's too much of a factor around the goal line. Kyler Murray's legs are too much of a factor around the goal line. He, he might have thirty five touchdowns total. Ten of them. Yeah, like, well, he had. But, that's the thing. He last season. Last season he had twenty four total passing touchdowns. Yeah. The year prior, he had twenty six. His rookie year, he had twenty. Yeah, so he's only gone where, over twenty five once. That's about what he's going to be because his legs are too effective in the red zone. They run a lot of that read option stuff. He runs for a lot of touchdowns. But um, so what? What about the addition? What about the? Obviously, that's just the style he plays. But maybe the addition of of Hollywood Brown, and then eventually when when D Hop gets back, you have two pass catchers that can bump up that those passing touchdowns maybe that's I mean, are the we direction sure that... are we sure hollywood brown is that much better than christian kirk christian I... kirk was a fact was effective last year like i'm saying hollywood brown i would agree that hollywood brown is better but as far as yeah. being a deep ball threat that's what christian kirk did that's, that's what hollywood brown is going to be in that offense i don't know that that raises any value for me it's i don't me, know that just a, about his legs I don't know that Hollywood Brown as fast as he is, and that's the whole thing about him. I don't know that he is as as good as a deep threat for Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk last year, for whatever reason, you just be watching the ball fly, and all of a sudden Christian Kirk is just alone down the field. And and I've never seen really Hollywood Brown just be that good at that. Like I've seen him have to make some spectacular catches. And he's averaged – he had six touchdowns last year. The year before he had eight. Uh, 2019 he had seven, so he he has been just right around there with Lamar Jackson, and I mean Kyler Murray, he may benefit from having one of those really good games while D Hop is gone. That could allow him to get closer to six, but who knows what if that falls off near the end of the season once DeAndre Hopkins is back. Kyler's only had a, a receiver go over six touchdowns once in his career, and his three year obviously it's a short career, but um, only had well, one receiver be- go over what. To be fair, DeAndre Hopkins was hurt. Just that, that's because that's the out. red zone threat. DeAndre Hopkins is the guy. So it's DeAndre Hopkins, it's James Conner. Those are going to be the touchdown guys. Yeah. And that's then fair. Kyler Murray with his legs. So, so, so not locking down any. You're just, you guys are, pa- you guys are everything. passing on every, you're under on everything. I would take the other side of it on, other, on everything. Okay. AJ? I mean, I'll, I'll put Kyler at 26. I'll put Kyler at 26. He just locking that. Okay, so just just getting that one. Just getting that one. Okay. All right. Let's get into these record predictions. Aaron, are you sticking with that eight and nine? Yeah, so let me pull out my handy dandy schedule from earlier. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm uh whoa, wrong schedule. <laughs> I was like, they're playing Arizona playing Arizona. Crazy. that's a loss, a win. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have them I have them starting like figured they start 
they're going to start four and four because you know why? They're average team. They're going to start average. And then down the stretch, guess what they're going to do? They're going to go four and five. Why? Because they're just below average. Eight and nine all the way all together. Uh, they'll beat the good. They'll beat the easy teams. They'll beat the Carolinas of the world. Maybe if Baker Mayfield's not playing very well, uh, they'll beat the New Englands. They'll beat the Atlantas. Uh, but those good teams are going to be hard pressed to beat them week in and week out. So I, had, I, I have them at eight and nine. I remember, I'm, I'm pretty sure I remember I had them losing to Carolina in week four. That I had them losing that game. Just a little tidbit. I am also sticking at eight and nine uh, for the Cardinals as well. Re reiterating the same reasoning behind all, all that. I'm not, I'm not sold on this. I'm not, I'm not sold on this team. So yeah, eight and nine will be where I'm at. AJ. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to, since we're splitting hairs there, I'm going to keep them at nine and eight. I was looking back over how I looked at this the first time around, and I don't have them having a win streak at all until uh, they play Minnesota and Seattle. Everything else is a win, a loss, a win, a loss. They can't can't get over the hump and string together some wins, and I think that's going to be the downfall uh, for the Cardinals team, in my opinion. It's a sign of a mediocre team. A win, a loss, yeah. a win, a loss, a win, a loss. Yeah. Oh, you're eight and nine, nine and eight. Stay, stay tuned for our off-season shows where we're trying to figure out what the solution is to the Arizona Cardinals and how they can actually get to the next level uh, in 2023, but that's long, long away from now. <laughs> uh, let's finish it off. Power rankings for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Aaron, where are they at? <laughs> Number 18. Um, yeah, so the power rankings, the Arizona Cardinals falling all the way to 18 after last year. We, we would have probably had all – all of us probably would have them in at least the top 12 uh, to start the year. We were all excited kind of about, about the Arizona Cardinals. And this year, they're pushed all the way back. I will tell you, uh, I have them all the way down at 20. Um, my individual power rankings, we came obviously a consensus um, at 18. So it uh, doesn't look like they're a playoff team this year. They're going to be right on the cusp of that 500. And, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting – it's going to be another interesting offseason next year, like looking for draft picks and trying to figure out how they improve that team because they lost their best player on defense in a Chandler Jones and they didn't really replace him. And they go out and get a replacement on offense for Christian Kirk. They get Hollywood Brown. But something's just not right. And maybe they'll shock me. Maybe they'll surprise us all. Maybe this is the year because we're downplaying them that they'll take that next step and win a playoff game. But I, as of right now, I just can't get excited enough about the Arizona Cardinals. So we have many It's fair. It's fair. And Cardinals fans, let us know in the comments if you uh, disagree with us and tell us why. Tell us why you think the Arizona Cardinals are going to be much better than eight and nine or nine and eight. And tell give it give us your reasonings for hope for the Arizona Cardinals uh, this season in the comments below. Be sure to share the videos as well. If you like what you see, and make sure you hit that subscribe button. That does it though for another episode of the Sac City Podcast. We'll be back again live at 10 a.m. Eastern time right here on youtube for another season preview show actually no that's not it tomorrow we have another season preview show tomorrow we've got fantasy on wednesday we've got season previews and thursday night football previews it is it's locked and loaded you're not going to want to be anywhere else but the sac city podcast all week long. you want to know who we're talking best. tomorrow night aaron, aaron wait oh who are we who are we who, who? We're talking that bad man, Aaron Rodgers and the Minnesota Vikings. So Green Bay Packers and Minnesota Vikings. Dylan's got to be on that. The 99th quarterback and the 99th overall player in the top 100. Oh, yeah. Kirk Cousins. Worse than Mac Jones, Kirk Cousins. That's that's what it is. We're going to have to have Dylan on that show just to talk Aaron Rodgers and Minnesota Vikings and figure out where he has the Vikings going uh, next season. But either way, you're not going to want to miss it. Tuesday, 10 a.m. Eastern time, right here on YouTube for. 
the best friend Aaron Mukes, and for your boy AJ Johnson, I am me. We will see you tomorrow. Peace out. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs>